Smoke Screen Podcast is brought to you by Creative Designs and more. It's Creative Designs, the letter N, more. Check out Wanda at Creative Designs and more on Facebook, or you can also check out on TikTok at C Wanda B. That's S E E Wanda B. The letter B, man. I'm going to tell you, y'all see my lighters I have, man. She does a great job. Any kind of party favor you need, come into your party to design it. Just let Wanda handle it, and I bet you she'll make it right for you. I promise you, man. Knock on wood, man. I promise you, dog. I would not lie to you. You ain't never lied to you on smoke screen, man. Make sure you're checking out Creative Designs and more, man. Wanda will set you straight. I promise you we'll get you right, man. Make sure you're checking it out. This is your life. You're living. And it's the only one you've got It's your life you're giving Don't you think it's time You ask yourself Another great episode of Smoke Screen Podcast. Oh, yeah, man. That was Billy Paul with This Is Your Life, man. I'm going to tell you, dog, this is your life, bro. You got to live it how you got to live it, man. But always live it in the parameters of his word, man. That's all I got to say for you right there. That's the big smoke word real quick, man. But welcome back to another great episode of Smoke Screen Podcast. I got a great one for you today, dog. I got Dr. Trenessa Williams on with me today, man. Um. We'll tell you, dog. We're going to kick it real quick. Um, You know, we don't hold you too long on the intros on Smoke Screen Podcast when we have guests on. But I got to tell you a little bit about Dr. Williams. Um, I found out about Dr. Williams a couple weeks ago. I was researching black-owned companies in the state of Florida. Um, I came across the website, visitflorida.com. And I was scrolling through the website, and I saw the name Kizzy's Books and more. Now, if you don't know who Kizzy is, um, Kizzy was a character out of the book Roots. Now, Kizzy was Kunta Kinte's daughter. Um, Kizzy, she got sold off um, when she was, I believe she was a teenager. Um, and, and Kizzy fought. She still fought, man. Like, and that's what, that's all, I'm tell you, bro. That's all what having this online bookstore is all about, man. From from my point of view, listening to Dr. Williams speak, man, Um, that's what it's all about. Just keep fighting, dog. Just keep fighting, man. Learning, knowing that this is your life, dog, and you got to fight, man. Um, and the way Dr. Williams is telling you to fight is by learning, man, and reading, dog. Um, I'm going to tell you, man, Dr. Williams graduated from Florida A&M University in 2007. She got a master's degree from Nova Southeastern University in 2010. And she got a doctor of business administration with a specialization in entrepreneurship from Walden University in 2014. So her educational background speaks for itself, man. Um. I ain't gonna hold you, like I said, I ain't gonna hold you too long, man. Dr. Williams is 
is somebody that I'm gonna keep in my contact, man. Um, and I'm gonna tell you, dog, I've already go ahead and you need to order some books from Kizzy's Books and more. Please order some books from them. Um, from her. Now, y'all know on Smoke Screen, I've told y'all before. If you can, if you can sit down and watch all these different television shows, these YouTube videos, if you can do that, then your mind has the ability to read more than one book at one time, right? So I really think we should start doing that. And why not start with Kizzy's books and more, man? Uh, I got to tell you, bro, I've already ordered three books. I'm going to tell you some of the books I've ordered from Babylon to Timbuktu, A History of the Agent Black Races, including the Black Hebrews. Um, I also ordered uh, Slavery, the African-American Psychic Trauma. And I also ordered Black Panther, the Battle of Wakanda, a Mighty Marvel chapter book for my nephew. And the other one, he got Warriors of Wakanda, Marvel Black Panther, Little Golden book for my little nephew. I got to get the kids on, on the reading, man. You got to get the kids reading, dog. But that's just the range that Dr. Dr. Williams has on Kizzy's books and more, man. From Black History to Little Kids books, man. She has you covered with your books and got you covered on the knowledge, dog. You... I'll tell you, man, I ain't going to hold you in too much longer because I want you to go into this episode with an empty mind, dog. I want you to go in empty mind and just take in everything that Dr. Williams has to talk about. As she talks about entrepreneurship, man, um, she breaks down the definition of entrepreneurship to her, and it, it's spot on to me. It's spot on to me, man. Um, so I want you to be able to, to get down and take notes. Just get your notebook. Go take some notes. And prepare, man. Prepare. And Dr. Williams is going to get you prepared, dog. I'm telling you, man. I would not lie to you. We don't lie to you on smoke screen, as you can see from the ad read. Make sure you're checking out Creative Designs and more. Um, checking out Kizzy's Bookstore and more. Kizzy's Books and more, man. Dr. Williams is, is, is such a great person. Just from meeting her one time and speaking with her and also listening to other interviews with her. She's a great person and somebody that you... You need to try to contact, reach out to, and just tell them know that they're doing a great job out here, man. She's doing a great job with Kizzy's books and more, man. So I ain't going to hold you too long. Go ahead and get you a good stretch in. If you're at your desk, stretch back real quick. Lean back in that chair, man. If you're at the house, kick back real quick, man. If you're driving, keep that hands on the steering wheel, eyes on the road, dog. But let your mind be free a little bit, man. And vibe about the Smoke Screen Podcast is Dr. Williams. Kiss that stuff to you, man. I appreciate you one more time. Dr. Trinessa Williams, man, for coming on. Not thinking it's robbery to come on a smoke screen and spread the good word that you're doing, man. Because I really appreciate you, man. I really appreciate what you're doing out here. And I appreciate everybody that's doing something out here that's doing the right thing, bro. We're trying to do the right thing out here on smoke screen. So I appreciate y'all for doing the right thing. And listen, man, I'm always going to retweet Kizzy's books and more. Because, listen, if you come on smoke screen, you part of the family now. Anything that you got. I got to post about it, man. So you always going to see me post about Kizzy's books and more on my socials, dog. Because I'm telling you, I ain't tell Dr. Williams. I was getting my books bootleg, bro. I found this website that you can get free books, but that's no more, man. That's no more. You got to spend money, man, on the knowledge if you want the right knowledge, dog. And Dr. Williams has the right knowledge at Kizzy's books and more, man. Make sure you checking out Kizzy's books and more. Can't stress that enough, man. Something good, dog. You you all all y'all talk about it. Tell me you too long, but it's, you, you talk about oh we got this party here, oh this party here, oh this drink for free, oh chicken tennis sub on sale, all oh, this man. But about knowledge, we 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 tend to be scared to spread that, man. But it's especially about the right knowledge, man. But this is about the right knowledge. Kizzy's books and more is a great bookstore. 
Dr. Williams is doing great work out here, man. She's a FAMU graduate. Got to show her respect on that. And not only that, though, she's a sister out here doing a good deed, man. Going, Doing a good work and a good job, man. I appreciate you one more time for checking in. Smoke Screen Podcast. The YouTube version is out. That's always done probably a day or two before. Um, in the podcast version, you know, this way you get your phone cat on here, as you can see from Billy Paul in that intro, man. I appreciate y'all once again for joining the Smoke Screen Podcast, man. We keep going out here, man. I got a great episode for you next week with my partner Z talking about Lofty Brands, uh, his uh, his lotion company. Then I got uh, I got my, my girl Kirsten on later on talking about her job being a, a flight attendant. Man, I got so much scheduled, man. It's too much to even talk about right now. But thank you for joining in on Smoke Screen Podcast. Here go Dr. Williams, man. I appreciate y'all one more time, man. Dr. Williams, salute to you, man. Appreciate you. special guest i know i always say that but today I, I i truly 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 mean it man um you heard the introduction let's see if my introduction i, I did in the intro let's see if it matches up with yours um dr williams if you want to introduce yourself and let the listeners know who they're speaking with right now okay hi everyone i am dr trinessa williams but you can just call me trinessa i am um oh yeah if i have to define who i am i can say i'm a professor a business owner, and just basically someone that enjoys life and interacting with various different people. So that's just me in a nutshell, instead of just having to ramble about who I am and all that good stuff. I would just say that I am um, an educator, an entrepreneur, um, someone that enjoys life, a good book, interacting with family and learning from different people. That's me in a nutshell. Oh, and then you ask, and you ask where I'm from. Um, I am originally from, I'm from South Florida, um, to be exact, Lauderdale Lakes, Florida. That's the city in Fort Lauderdale. And I grew up in the Dania area. That's where my grandparents and everyone is from. So I'm a born Floridian. And that's why I live right now in, in um, Central Florida, outside of Orlando. Gotcha. Um, now, you know, I was doing some research when I came across your, uh, your work um I was I think it was like visit Florida uh the mm-hmm. website it was an article that I guess they did um African Americans that own businesses in the state mm-hmm. of Florida and I came across um your website and we'll get into that a little bit later but mm-hmm. what intrigued me too was not only the name of your website and your uh, your store your online store but also that you are a rattler as well oh, yeah <laughs> What you know what's funny is uh you graduated at my cousins uh my cousins went to FAMU. So I was I was at FAMU DRS in uh in Lincoln, but I would mm-hmm. always go up there and stay in the dorms um and stay in the phase, stay uh-huh. in phase with my cousin uh around that same time that you uh you graduated, but what led you to go to FAMU? 
Um, I first um, got introduced to um, the best HBCU that's out there, that's second to none. Um, I got into, I really saw the campus and the feel of the campus when I went to visit. My sister is a FAMU alum. She graduated in 99 in nursing. So I visit her like once or a couple of times while she was in school at FAMU. And it was just like the feel of the, the whole atmosphere of the university that really drew me to it. And so when it came time to, for me to go to school, you know, I was like, I, I applied for, and I got into FAM and I have no regrets of attending FAM. I learned a lot going there. Um, I got a degree in um, African-American studies and business administration from there. So it was, it's full of richness and culture. Um, I was able to learn from various different viewpoints, even though, you know, growing up, my parents made sure that we had an understanding of what it is to be us African-Americans to be black. And they introduced us to various different things, you know, like different art, you know, like going to art. I went to art parties and, you know, going to different things that provoke thought and who we were as um, individuals. So when I went to FAM, that was one of the best things there because, you know, I learned about our history, our culture, but then also too, I'm a fan of the arts too, of plays and stuff, just to see the amazingness of our theater there. You know, until this day, I still um, interact with some people that I went to school with and being a student and being on campus there is, I wouldn't trade it for, a world, for the world because I interacted and I learned from some amazing professors. No, you brought up a good point about the arts um because the marching 100 gets a lot of respect which they they deserve mm -hmm. but the um, family gospel choir family theater that mm -hmm. those are some some top notch the mm -hmm. gospel choir i know has been a lot of been just about as many places as the hundreds been mm -hmm. um and like you said the theater um mm -hmm. but what, what's what's one of your fondest memories at family i like i said before you know like going to they had different things on campus that provoked thought. So I can say that while I was there, I was able to see Bobby Seal. Um, he was there on campus for um, when they had the anniversary of the Black Panther Party. And it was, he was there and um, he didn't say much, but just to feel his presence in the auditorium because I sat close to the stage. It was that was amazing, and I can say that I was able to see Dick Gregory on campus, Cornell West. It was like you know you were exposed to various different things. They had a lot of stuff that engaged um, campus life, but then they also had stuff that provoked uh, political action, that provided food for thought. Um, it was a great experience, and I would not trade it for the world. My nephew, you know, we're talking to him. He'll he's going to be graduating. He'll be, going, he'll be going into his senior year this year. Um, and we've been trying to talk to him about going to FAM, but, I, um, but he's looking at leaning towards Howard. But I tell everybody, you know, FAMU is um, the best university. Even when I taught at Bethune-Cookman, I used to tell my students standing in front of the class, I was the only Rattler. And I used to always tell them FAMU is better, um, even though, my students were attending at Bethune Cookman, but you know the rivalry and stuff. But, but they they understood where my heart was and where it was always going to be at. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, it was a great experience. I learned 
and it broadened my knowledge base, you know, and it was clear. I got my, my minor is in African-American uh, studies and uh, I, my professors would talk about, because they were, they attended FAMU around that time. Mm-hmm. Talk about Bobby Seale coming, um, Dr. Young and Dr. Ellis, they would talk about Bobby Seale coming and um, all in Dick Gregory. And, um, and then also uh, just, I don't, I heard one, I told you I was going to bring back some of the uh, interviews uh, you were uh, you're doing. Um, you talked about being in the library at FAMU. Um, and yeah. I, and oh, the, yeah. Carnegie, uh, the Carnegie Library. Mm-hmm. In the Coleman Library. Yeah. And, and you know, the old, that old section where, you know, that was don- the history of it, it was donated, uh, given by Carnegie Hall, I, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah. The, um, the, um, I know what you're talking about. Yes, sir. Yeah, just going through there and then seeing the pictures of like, because um, that family, like you said, Dick Gregory, Bobby Seale, uh, Huey P. Newton being there, um, um, uh, Stokely Carmichael. Uh, mm-hmm. um, even when my grandmother was there, um, uh, James Brown coming to fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I heard stories about that, even from people that were um, that went there a long time ago. They used to talk about the celebrities that used to come and be on campus um, and visit and donate and, and were active there. But yeah. yeah, I just remember seeing a picture of Stokely Carmichael um, standing on top of the car and uh, mm-hmm. on the middle of the set talking and everybody just mouths open, just watching them. Mm-hmm. it's just amazing um but if you could just speak about being in that lib- library uh being in Coleman and just how much time did you spend in Coleman you spent I spent quite a bit of time in um, Coleman library especially um I remember that there was one class that I had an African-American studies class that I had and one of the the um things that I had to do for the class we were studying lynchings and so one of the class for that class that particular class there I had to actually look at um, microfilms and look at various articles that talked about lynchings and write about the particular article on a particular lynching. And that really opened my mind and stuff, you know, just to pull, look at articles that was on microfilm. This is like when I was there, they had computers and everything, but, you know, that was like at the beginning stages, you know, they were still, you know, but um, that was one of the um, assignments that I had to do. So there was quite a bit of times, especially where um, I had to do research for particular um, topics and I had to sit and sit there and pull up old articles and read and pull up old history books and read and do research to help me with my paper, depending on what I had to write about. Yeah, um, I, I I can I can attest to that too. On um, my senior year, having to do that and pulling those films, and I'm like, I don't know nothing about. I've never seen anybody do this. Um, I've never done this before. Um, try to do it and just look at those films and listen to old tapes. And I had to listen to like Martin Luther King speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was speaking to like Kennedy or somebody. I had to listen to those tapes, and it was real. It was real scary, weird, but it was very interesting. Um, but. I guess I like to say uh, things that you do condition you for your future. Mm-hmm. And then also too, I'm about to butcher this, but um, um, John Henry Clark, he's had a quote a long time ago. Um, he had a quote and basically he said, he talked about, I'm shortening it up, but he talked about how history was a compass and that we needed to understand history in order to go where we needed to go 
because it's basically like a roadmap because you know history repeats itself in order for us to move forward and to grow as an individual we have to understand history because that part of history has a point of repeating itself um, and, and coming back again so in order for us to go forward and grow we have to understand history because that is like the roadmap because it's the foundation that what led us to where we are and we have to understand it to go forward and I just butchered the whole quote but you, you, you good because my, my wife always she I tell her like whenever something happens I was like all right this was about to happen next and then it happened she was like, how do you know that like you got to understand history mm -hmm. itself it's happened before nothing's new under the sun mm -hmm. before but you just gotta you know have knowledge um and study the history that's why history that's one of the main reasons I, I got my minor in African-American history and I just want to learn our history which I did to an extent they're actually redoing the um got the name of the museum up at on family campus um but yeah actually, I, I had went um I did a trip with my friends a couple weeks ago um and I haven't been to campus since I graduated like really walked campus since I graduated like in 07 yeah. so we went to um we went to I can't think of it right now I got a uh right uh, um my brain just froze on me but we I was able to see how much they have um how much that museum is the white, I can't think of it right now, but see how the, uh, the archives, how they have um, grown with that and expanded on that. Because before when I was there, they didn't have that extra part of the archives. And it was great to see what they added on into that building. Yeah, one, one thing I can really say about the history department at FAMU is they bring back um, old uh, you know, students. Mm -hmm. sailed, um, and they come back in there um, like I said Dr. Ellis and Dr. Young they're still there and they're bringing up new and new um, generation in mm -hmm. the department so that they're doing a very good job uh, leading the way um, but yeah um, let's go ahead and move on so you, you went to you attended other universities um, you said um, Bethune-Cookman what are some other universities that you attended? Um, Bethune is where I taught at but the other universities that I um, was a student at Nova Southeastern University. I got my uh, MBA in marketing from there. Um, and, then, um, and I also attended um, and graduated from Walden University. I have a doctorate in entrepreneurship, uh, a doctorate with a specialization in entrepreneurship. And my um, doctoral study was on the issue of gentrification. And I looked at how it impacted the small business owners of Harlem, New York. So that's my um, educational background. So to 2010 is when I got my completed and got my MBA in marketing. In 2014 is when I um, completed and got my DBA in entrepreneurship. I know this is off, off the docket, but what did you find in that in that study? Um, it gentrification, it really impacts um, the community. And when I say that it impacts it, um, everything changes. The cost of living goes up. Um, when a, a city is gentrified um, or redeveloped, it changes the consumption pattern, meaning that those that live there that have been there for generations, you know, they can no longer afford what's going, what's, um, um, with the price increases and the living arrangements. So normally they shift out and they move to other areas that they can afford. 
And so a lot of businesses that have been there for a long time, they often find themselves having to adapt to those changes in the community and adapt to those people that are moving in because of the redevelopment. And so it, it has a deep impact on, on a city. I know this is another off topic, um, but how do you how do you combat gentrification? You um you can't um only thing that is is something that happens, and oftentimes how you can tell that uh, um, a city is redeveloping. The first sign that you'll see is that the roads are starting to um, they get repaired. You know, like potholes that normally used to be in the roads, you see they've been changed and you start to see where um, the transportation is changing, buildings are start to be um, uh, either um, fixed or you know new buildings and other stuff are starting to be built. One of the things that you can, um, it's not really, because when redevelopment happens, you have to kind of try to adapt to the changes, but you can't, you have to can't really prepare for it. You just have to try to adjust and change the model of, especially for your business, um, so that way you can adapt and grow with what's going on because it is kind of challenging. because um, I know New York has a, a lot of the um, a lot of mom and pop shops, mm -hmm. and a lot of businesses were because um, especially when a city is redeveloped, a lot of stuff cost of everything goes up. I remember, um, but this was like in 2014, 2013, when I was doing my research, 20, um, when I finished doing it. And I remember talking to a, so, um, someone that worked in real estate and he was a real estate agent. And he talked about how um, some developers were treating um, the residents and one company, one, um, one apartment building, um, they wanted to get people that live there and he was like currently we're at capacity but pretty soon that we're going to have 30 percent occupancy meaning that they was going to flush out 30 percent of the people that live there um and he was like no I could not um work with those people I could not work with that company so I, I walked away from that but that's what some people are doing you're probably seeing it now too where some um landlords are are seeing how much money that they can make so they're going to try to flush out those people that are long-term residents so that way they can um capitalize off of the market prices you know and that that's that's leads to a lot of displacement you know yeah because you're seeing it a lot around in um i'm in tallahassee you're seeing it a lot around in tallahassee i'm pretty mm -hmm. sure down in south florida you see mm -hmm down there and then especially here i'm in central florida so in central florida the cost of living is really high as well too so yeah so it's yeah. and then also too you have um i know we're off topic but i'm gonna just do this really quickly but you have a lot of developers that are buying buildings unseen and they're paying cash at they're paying twice as much in cash so, um, and that's really making it hard for people to purchase homes, you know. They, they haven't even seen the homes. Mm -mm. You know, I do, I do, a, um, I do a, a episode, I do a little series on Fridays called Digging in the Ashtray, where I talk about Florida news. Mm -hmm. now, I actually spoke about, uh, oh man, I, 
I forgotten I forgotten the name of the uh, the community is slipping my mind, but mm-hmm. it was it wasn't that far from Central Florida. But they were saying mm-hmm. how uh, it was a New York stock uh, New York company came down and mm-hmm. I think Goldman Sachs came down and they were buying this community in um in that area in Florida and basically mm-hmm. everybody was saying it's not going to be a good thing because they're buying it up and they're just t- turning everything to rent houses. Mm -hmm. And that's what, if you look at some of the reports now, that's what they're talking about, what that, like the market is kind of leading towards. I haven't really read on it. I just saw a couple um, news reports on it, but that's one of the things that they were talking about, how the rental market is probably going to go up. It's going to go up. That's that's some good stuff you you learned, uh, you did, uh, but are you still using it? Do you still apply it to today? Some of the um, no, I haven't. Um, I haven't in a while. Um, I'm probably going to try to look back at it to, um, because I haven't really um, done that much research or kept up on it since probably 2016. But um, it is on my list of stuff to do soon is to relook up at some to relook at some things um, and address to do some more research on it. Are there any professors that you still keep in touch with from family? I know you said you're friends. Uh, no, I haven't. Um, like, uh, no, I haven't. I haven't talked to any of my professors um, since I graduated from FAM. But have there been uh, inspired you to go into teaching, uh, being a professor? Uh, to be honest, um, you probably heard a couple of my interviews. If you listen, um, and a couple of people like, asked me, they asked me about um, if... Um, being a business owner was on my radar. And then a couple, when they found out I was a professor, acts of teaching was on my radar. Owning a business and um, being a professor was never on my radar. So it's it's kind of like, you know, um, life happens and then you never know until you fall, it falls in your hands that it's, that it's something that you meant to do. Because um, if my first aspiration, if you were to ask me like when I was in high school, what it is that I wanted to be, um, as a career after I graduated from college, I wanted to be a fashion buyer. I wanted to buy clothing and live in New York and um, purchase clothing for boot, uh, for stores and everything. So teaching was never on my radar, but it's something that I fell into and I enjoyed it. So, yeah. Now with, with the fashion, uh, what, type of, what type of fashion were you in? Um, I... I pretty much like some of everything. I pretty much created my own style. I blend everything that was in style and made it something that was unique in my own. But I always liked how fashion was um, growing up. My um, top designer, the designers that I liked were, um, I liked Carl Knai, because you know, he did urban wear. Um, I liked Donna Karen. Um, but you know, it was a blend of some of everything. Um, so, but yeah, but whatever caught my attention, I wore it and I just made it my own. Yeah. Um, I know some people, uh, they go around, around up here. Uh, a lot of the college students usually they go like the Goodwill and they put stuff together and it's just looking so fashionable, man. And you really, mm-hmm. that sometimes the, just the regular, eye might be a little bit better than the eyes of all those people up in like New York and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, just a normal person, mm-hmm. a, a good touch on it, man. That, that, that's pretty uh, interesting. Did you uh, did you do anything at FAMU with it? You try to style up your friends? No, I didn't. 
No, I, no, I didn't. I just dressed myself. So I used myself as um, my canvas. So I dressed myself, whatever I saw I wore. But that was one of the things that I had wanted to do um, once I graduated. But when I graduated fam, I went straight into my MBA and I just taught a little bit and I just stuck to teaching. So. Hey, Cause um, you know, one thing uh, you said you, uh, you stuck with it, but you, you, I know what your I mean, what some of your interviews, what your mom told you, your mom would always tell you seek or swim. Yeah. That's my parents' motto. So my mom and my dad, my dad passed last year, oh, but one of the things that they told us um, growing up, they um, let us be what we wanted to, they encouraged us to be ourselves. And so they knew I was different. They knew everything that we wanted to do. They know I thought creatively. Um, so they encouraged it. So one of the things that they told us, whatever it is that we do um, is sink or swim. So meaning that you give um, your all into it and that you're working for it to get to that level that you want it to be at, or you're just going to sink, meaning that you didn't give it your all or anything like that. And then besides that, we have the 24-hour rule, which I don't like. And the 24-hour rule is basically um, you can only be mad for 24 hours. So you can only let it sit. But after that, you have to move on. You can't hold on to it longer than 24 hours. You can't be mad longer than that, which is kind of hard and challenging. But you know, um, that's one of the things that they, you know, you have to grow and move on. You can't let it get into your psyche here, basically. But yeah, sink or swim, that's one of the things that they told us is, you know, you give it your all. So, and they encouraged us. And one of the things also too, that um, they told us, you know, you can't complain about anything if you cannot, if you're not going to do anything about it. So um, meaning if you see something that's going on in the community and you don't like it, you can't just sit there and complain. You're gonna be like, well, what is it that you're gonna do about it? So, um, so yeah, that's that in a nutshell. You know, um, when I came across you once again, when I came across you or your work, I was like, man, that's it's so amazing. But hearing what your parents instilled in you, I can see, I can, it wasn't, it was destined for you, really. On that twenty, mm-hmm. I mean, that twenty-four hour rule, because um, we're gonna go on into <laughs> entrepreneurship. How do you apply that? That's oh man, being an entrepreneur in that twenty-four hour rule. That, that's got. Why <laughs> I, I, I like you hate it? That's got. Yeah, yes. Um, and so, like a couple, you know, people often ask me, like, "Hey, how did you get into being an entrepreneur? Was it something that you wanted to um, be or um, how did it come to be? Um, I grew up around entrepreneurs. Like my dad, besides him work, he retired early. Um, He worked for Broward County Maintenance for about 35 years. So he retired at like 57. Uh, But besides working full-time for the county, he actually had a car wash that he ran for over 30 years. So he was an entrepreneur. Um, my, um, his parents, they owned stuff. Um, like my granddad, he used to car, he carved wooden um, canes, you know, canes out of wood. He used to carve those and they had like their stores and stuff. 
then I had uncles and stuff. So entrepreneurship was around me. So I knew, um, knew what it's like to interact with people that were entrepreneurs. Um, and it kind of tickled, you know, it kind of sparked my interest a little bit, but it wasn't really on my radar. Um, what really made me want to be an entrepreneur what really made me want to own my bookstore. Let me know if I'm jumping the curve or I'm jumping the question. Okay, what really made me uh, want to be a, an entrepreneur um, was one day um, I had, after I graduated from FAM, I relocated, I moved to Orlando. And one Saturday I got up and I was like, I need a book. So let me go get this book. And there was an African-American bookstore in the Paramore area. It was an African-American bookstore in Orlando called Montessor Books. And this was an amazing bookstore that was black owned. They sold African-American literature. And so I was like, okay, I want to own. I said, okay, I want, I need a book. So I went to that location where they were located at. And when I got there, I found that they did not have uh, it was they were no longer open in fact they had been closed about a year or about two years when I went there and so I was like I want to own a bookstore that's what really triggered me to wanting to own a bookstore and but I remember my parents told me sink or swim meaning you either do well with it or you're not going to do well at all and um, I was like I don't know anything about owning a bookstore so let me go ahead and become knowledgeable and do my research and become as much knowledgeable as possible. Um, so when I this idea came to be, the name Kizzy's came, um, was automatically in there. Kizzy's Books and More was became the name of my bookstore. And I named it after the, uh, the character Kizzy's from the book um, Roots by Alex Haley because I love the strength that that character had in that book. Um, and so just because off of that knowledge that my parents told me, you know, you cannot um, go into anything, you know, not knowing and failing at it for lack of knowledge. And that's one of the one things that impacts entrepreneurs is going into something um, with a lack of knowledge and just starting a business without knowing anything. And I didn't want that to happen. So that's what started me to go and become knowledgeable of what I, need, what I needed to do to own a bookstore. And then so fast forward about 10 years, 2018, my mom was like, miss, what we gonna do? What are you gonna do? You done all of this stuff. You're going to conferences, sink or swim mode. What you gonna do? I said, okay, it's time for me to just jump out there on faith. So I launched my website on September 19th of 2018. That's when it became official and it became an official website. Um, and that's when it got launched to the public. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, what, yeah, like, what's the, what's the definite? You just, that, your story, I, I didn't heard it. I told you I listened to interviews, like, but it just gets better and better. Uh, like I, it gets better like it gets better and better every time but what what's your definition is there a set definition on entrepreneurship or is it it can be defined however you work um um do you want the formal definition of it or do you want my thoughts in regards to what it is to be an entrepreneur what's your thoughts okay so in order for you to to be an entrepreneur um, this is my definition. Um, an entrepreneur is someone that 
sees an opportunity in the market, meaning that they see that there is an unmet need or a problem that needs to be solved in the particular market. And based off of that opportunity that they see, they create a product or service that will solve that particular problem that they see exist in that market. So they're creating that business um, and they have the, um, the product and service. They defined who their customers are, who they're targeting are, who are these people that have that unmet need and that have that particular problem. And they're creating that business to fulfill that need that they see exists in that particular market. And they see, yes, there are businesses that are out there um, that can fulfill that need, but there is still something that other businesses out there are not particularly um, addressing. And they see that how their business can fit within that particular market and to create that competitive advantage. Um, and that's just my take on it in a nutshell of what an entrepreneur is. I think Webster need to go ahead and, and just call <laughs> uh, entrepreneur. That's what I that's what I that's exactly what I think of. Um a lot of people like you like a lot of people just think, you know, I, I start a business. I'm an no, no. Mm -mm. And then I often tell my students too um that um I often tell my students too that before they start a business. They need to make sure that they're knowledgeable and they have an understanding of what type of business it is that they want to own and to see if there's a need for it. Because a lot of businesses fail when they use that build it and they will come mentality because they just see that somebody else is making money. And so they just say, I'm going to do the same thing. And they just launch the business, but they don't really truly understand um, what it takes to make that business successful um, and what um, they don't have a knowledge of the market in which they are going to be operating in. They don't have an understanding of the location because, you know, location is key to, for your business to be successful. You have to have the right location and you also have to have the right people working for you because that's, those people are going to be a part of your brand. Um, so they have to, have, they're not knowledgeable on what it is that they're gonna be needing to have for that business to be successful. And that's one of the things that a lot of businesses fail is because they don't understand the market. And then they also too, they didn't plan accordingly. And they um, they don't understand, um, they, you know, entrepreneurs, especially those that are successful entrepreneurs, they, often, they do know that failure is not their stopping point. So if something, an idea that they come up with, if it does not um, do well that first go round, a successful entrepreneur will know, okay, this is just a lesson learned. Let me reevaluate and look at why didn't this go um, as planned the first time? This is an idea that I can um, tweak it and relaunch it, or is it just one of those ideas that I can just say, okay, I gave it a try. Um, let me just move on from it. Yeah, sometimes that I, I, I can uh, say that that could be the hardest part because you know that's like your baby. You wanna you wanna get it going, but you gotta say uh, mm -hmm. maybe it's not time for it yet. Mm -hmm. In the back, um, how did have you ever like? Do you find times when you second guess some of your work? 
Oftentimes, I, I sit and I look back at it, and I'm like, okay, this is a, a, a really good idea. And then I'm like, okay, well, let me see. Let me research it a little bit. And then I launch it. And if it doesn't do like what I wanted to do, I sit back and I'm like, okay, how can I make this better? Or should I shelve it? But, you know, there are some times where I do sit and I, I do look at certain ideas and I'm like, how would they respond? It? But I won't know unless I put it out there into the market. But first I have to understand the people that I'm working with, you know, my customer base. Mm -hmm. And by me understanding that, I get an idea of what it is that they're looking for in particular things, you know. How diverse is, is your customer base with Kizzy Books? I know I'm jumping around now. No, no, you're fine. Um, actually, I have, it's diverse. Um, I got people all over the country that are purchasing books from me. Um, at one point, I had a lot of people purchasing from Washington State. Um uh how they found out how they found out about me and this is what I, I tell people don't uh to just to be make sure that you know you're your biggest advocate for your business so you need to make sure if people are asking for a type of product and you know your business is um looking for this particular product say, hey, this is my business and I have this to offer. Um, a couple, um, back when there was, a, um, you know, when we had the whole um, thing with um, George Floyd and the social unrest and everything, um, there was a time where people were like actually looking for black owned bookstores. And there was an article, I remember reading, the, I came across an article and the article said, um, if you own a black owned bookstore, please contact the editor. And so I said, hey, I own a Black-owned bookstore, so let me contact them. So that's what I did. I reached out to the editor, and I had them. I said, I own a Black-owned bookstore. Here's my, my information. And that article put my business on, included me on that article. And just by them, that article, a lot of people found out about me. But then also, too, there was an author that wrote White Fragility on her website. Um, she had me listed as one of the Black-owned bookstores to purchase her book from. And then also, too, that there, it was, it's a big blessing. So I was able to, I was blessed to be um, the word of mouth spread about Kizzy's. And then also, too, um, um, my bookstore was spotlighted um, by um, Tia Mari um, as well about um, during her Black Business Hall. And she talked about my bookstore because she purchased the book from there. And then, you know, um, who was it? Also, Old Magazine had listed um, Black-owned bookstores across the country. And so they listed us as one of, uh, one of the bookstores in the state of Florida as an online bookstore. So that's that's pretty much it, word of mouth. And then also, you know, I step out on, you know, if people are asking about um, bookstores, you know, I made sure, especially when I came across that article that was asking about Black-owned bookstores that they need to know about. I said, they need to know about Kizzy's. Put me on there. Put me on that list. So remember, if you own a business, you have to be your biggest advocate. When you're networking, you have to make sure that you have a pitch 
that you're able to tell people about what it is that your business do um, so that way they can um, know more about it, you know? And you have to, you're your biggest advocate. You have to have faith in your business because you know your business is your baby. Was there ever a time where you were kind of shy about it starting out? No, because I knew that I wanted to do it. So when people asked me, I always used to speak about it, especially even when like I was in the planning stages of my bookstore and I was teaching at an alternative school um, and I was talking to my students and this is before um, I got my doctorate or whatever. So I had, I was in, I was just starting to go to school, but my students were talking and I was telling them about my idea of my bookstore. And then they was like, really? Why are you going to talk about, why you want to own a bookstore? People don't read books. And then so I had to explain it to them and talk about why books are important. But we had that debate, but just getting to talk about my ideas and stuff that really you know, you get comfortable and confident. Even before I had my idea when I taught entrepreneurship and um, and I was teaching face-to-face. Right now I just teach, I teach online. But when I was teaching face-to-face, um, I would have it's with my entrepreneurship students and they were planning their business and we'll go through certain things. I will treat myself like I was one of, like we had like a small business meetup and we just bounce ideas off. And I said, this is my bookstore, you know, talk about it, do my pitch, you know, just, talk, you know, just to have them help them build confidence. I would just talk about, this is my bookstore. This is what I plan on doing in X, Y, and Z. So, you know, if you have confidence, you, have, you know, in order for you to be successful as an entrepreneur, you have to have confidence behind what it is that you're doing. You have to be confident behind the, the mission and the vision um, of your business because if you don't have that confidence nobody else will be um, confident enough to support you you know yeah there'll be sometimes where you know there'll be challenges and you'd be like okay I, I'm stepping out on faith on here um, I need to work to get forward you know you know um, especially when I first started out uh, one song that I used to listen to just to motivate me um, it's a song called Walking Shoes by Molly Music. It's a gospel song, but, um, you know, he talks about in that song, I got my walking shoes on. Um, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going down this lonely road, but you know, he just going in that direction into the unknown. So, you know, even when I work on stuff and, you know, when you step out on faith, you're going into that unknown. So, and you just have to be confident because that unknown, it, it's different. It might be scary a little bit, but you're working towards that outcome that you want to have. You know, you have that vision. So you have to work to get towards that vision, that place that you envisioned. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm so zoned out right now listening. I'm just thinking about things I want to put in motion, man. You hear you talk. Yes, yeah. And then also too, that's and I tell my students too, when you all are thinking about stuff that you want to do, do a vision board. You know, you know, yes, we have vision boards that talks about our life paths and stuff that we want to do and what we want to accomplish as a person and as a being, but also do a vision board for your business, you know cut out what you want for your business. 
this is my business. This is how I envision it. Um, this is what I want my physical location to look like. This is my color scheme, blah, 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 blah. This is the type of stuff that I want to have. This is the type of environment. So as you write it out, you're going to begin to envision it and you're going to have faith in it. You're going to be like, okay, yep, this is how I see my, my business. And as you vision it, you're going to keep going towards it. You might tweak it a little bit, but write down your ideas. Um, write down some of that stuff that you want to do for your business, you know, and then we have ideas, especially like when you want to do marketing or whatever it is that you want to do for your business. And be like, well, what type of event? And you can just go to wherever you have your idea jar and just look at it. Okay, this is what I thought about, but you're going to tweak it throughout the um, the years or as stuff go into, if you, you know, but just write it down. Plan it. How many like, different notebooks do you have like where you jot down? Do you have like multiple ones or you stick to one um, at a time? Um, I try to stick to one at a time, but my undiagnosed um, ADHD, sometimes I forget where I put my notebook. <laughs> but I, I end up writing in a different notebook, but then I end up, it'd be like a piece of puzzle, put stuff together, but I always end up finding it always be where I overlook it at, but I always write it down. But then even on my laptop, I have um, a PowerPoint that I have stuff, visual stuff for my bookstore that I want to do or ideas that I put down. So I do it multiple different ways. And then I have stuff saved on a jump drive. Um, I have a notebook and various other things, but yeah. Yeah. I heard you um say on like we were talking before we got on on a career happy hour with uh with uh it's recruits recruit Alina. Um mm -hmm. and, uh you spoke about just keep jotting things down and then realizing that you that what you were thinking of was just nuggets to a seven piece meal. Man, if when you you when you said it, that's when I told you I had to cut it off real quick. I said, nah, this is <laughs> oh, when I said about you know your thoughts and everything. <coughs> You have to make, I can't even remember what I said. It's been so long. I'm always rambling about something. I forget what I say. Ah, ooh, that, that, that right there was good. She was I have to, Now I have to look at the interview because a lot of times when I do interviews, it's a lot of stuff that I say is a spare of the moment. So it's like I'm speaking from that moment. Um, I can't remember what I was saying, but it probably was deep though. So I have to think about it because, you know, because one of the things you got to think about, you have to, you know, have the whole meat and potatoes. Mm -hmm. So you can't just have um, a little bit of a sample. You have to have the whole, the whole seven course meal. You have to fully plan it um, from the little, um, Orders, appetizers, all of that stuff at the dinner man, all of that stuff, you have to fully plan for it. Um, you know, you can't just be skimpy on what it is that you do. It has to be that full course, something that's fully, you know, that's fulfilling. Hopefully that's similar to what I talked about. Now, now you have me, do I have to go and listen to the interview? Dude, that's, yeah. a, that's a good one. That, that was a good one. That was a good one. I watched the other one. <laughs> yeah, I have to, I have to go back and listen to it. To, um, and they're reading articles. Um, now we talk about eating real quick. Now we've heard of food deserts, but is there such thing as a not knowledge desert? You think? 
We, are you talking about people with a lack of knowledge? Like the people, like where it might be like uh, access to a library or access to, like I know up here in Tallahassee, there's a lot of rural areas that don't have mm -hmm. access to Wi-Fi. So mm -hmm. they have to, um, they're trying to, like in Gadsden County, they're trying to put initiatives in where the uh, Wi-Fi is put into all the homes. Mm -hmm. um, so they can have access to the resources. But um, the way I was going with it was, how does uh, Kizzy, Kizzy's books, uh, kind of diminish that uh, that desert where you but, that till you write to your home right there. The books mm -hmm. right to your house. So one of the things that especially when um, I came up with the concept of Kissy's Books and More, that was to um, provide a place where lovers of African American culture and reading they can come together and just discuss a great book because literacy is the most important thing. And literacy is a high rate. I can't think of the number right now um, for us as African-Americans. So that's one of the things that I like to do is to promote literacy. You know, there are some schools, you know, because um, funding has been cut where they don't have adequate books. So there are some places where the information that they have um, is limited and they don't have adequate books. So it is... There are some places in some areas, depending on how much funding is in that area, you know, they might not have um, access to books. So, yes, when you say talk about knowledge um, deserts, I didn't even think about that. Then, yes, there, there are some depend because, you know, there's some schools in some areas because of their low income areas. They don't have the funding for um, for to have adequate books and adequate supplies. How, how, um, like, do you do research on the authors that you have, uh, that you, the books that you, uh, do have on your website? Do you, like, look up the authors, uh, do research on them or talk to the authors? Um, oftentimes where, um, with my, with how I find out about what books are going, or that are coming out, I do research, uh -huh. but then also, too, um, publishers send me, um, books, um, that they think that I, that should be on my radar. So um, I'll, a couple of times a, um, a month, I'll probably get different books from different authors, from publishers that are sent to me to say, hey, these are some books that for you to read that I'll be coming out for um, in the upcoming months. Yeah, I, was looking, I was looking at the website um, and the Robert Jones, The Prophets, that kind of caught my eye. Um, mm -hmm. I was looking up some YouTube videos with him on um, that kind of call. So I'll probably be getting that one. Um, so mm -hmm. uh, that one and then um, Charlene Carruthers, um, it was unapologetic. I forgot the rest of, um, rest of the name, but I mm -hmm. watched some interviews with her too. Um, the mm -hmm. work that she does uh, and just, you were talking about how in Washington state, the George Floyd, I can see on why they chose Kizzy's books and more. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a lot. I get a lot of people from across the country um, that purchase from a bookstore. So like when you ask, okay, you said, uh, what type of customer, what type of people buy my books? It's a lot of different people. You know, there's a wide range. So I get, there's, um, even if I promote um, and showcase African-American literature, um, people are still able to buy other books on my website, but I mostly promote and showcase African-American literature because we have some dope authors and there are some authors that 
need that people need to know about. And we have some amazing authors that talks about our experiences, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, and people need to know about the richness of our culture. They need to know about our history. They need to know about our experiences because, you know, we are trendsetters. We set the trends. So, and people need to know about that. And especially those that are writing about um, how we are as people and where we've come from, our history and those that have paved the way um, um, for us to follow in their footsteps and to take it to another level. What are some, who are some of your favorite art, um, authors? Okay, um, favorite authors. That's a hard question. Um, I get asked this all the time. Um, if you were to listen to a podcast last, I did last uh, with um, Vulgar Genius Book Club, that was a, a big debate. Um, I like um, James Baldwin. I love his work. Um, I read Brenda Jackson. Um, Eric Jerome Dickey is one of my favorites. I like um, who was um, Donald Gain Gainis. He's awesome. He's great. Um, I read pretty much a lot. Who did I just finish? Um, I read some, I read IR books as well, interracial books as well, written by black women who write um, IR books. Um, so I like uh, Blue Sapphire, she's great. Um, Sienna Meeks is great. Um, Latrivia Welch is great. Um, I read a lot, so I can't really pick. It changes quite a bit of who is my favorite author, but if I had to talk, um, James Baldwin, I love Langston Hughes's poetry. Um, Toni Morrison is great as well. So I, yeah, I can't really narrow it down to a favorite. You know, um, if you were to ask me like, who's my favorite artist in, in regards to when it comes to like artwork, mm -hmm. I, I love Jacob Lawrence, especially his um, artwork that he did on um, the Great Migration. I love his, his that art series that was done by Jacob Lawrence. Um, I love Ernie Barnes. Ernie Barnes, I'm a, he's one of my favorite artists, especially he's the artist, if you don't know who he is, he's the artist that painted the pictures on Good Times um, that JJ painted. Yeah. Um, who else is there? Um, there's so many different people that I like. Um, but yeah, it's hard to pick though. You know, it's funny you brought up Good Times because uh, I thought about, uh, I was, I went back and I was looking up Kizzy um again, mm -hmm. was looking at the uh, like clips on YouTube the day before that work, looking at clips of uh, YouTube uh, and watching like old clips of all from the the movie Roots, the TV show the back. Mm -hmm. Oh man, man, oh, that part where Kizzy got sold off, mm -hmm. and I, I was thinking about names of the episode, and I was thinking in my head, man, I I, I want to name it, I want to really name it, uh, keep the saying. Because uh, what 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 you're doing right now, I believe, with this bookstore, um, is you really keeping the same in your hand. I don't know if you remember when um, uh, I forgot his uh, what's her dad's name? Uh, uh, um, Kuta Kente. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So he had um when remember when he had uh remember when he had the sand in his hand? I was thinking mm-hmm. we I was about to call him James Evans because <laughs> you said oh yeah. John Amos yeah oh, that's what it slipped my mind. But uh, yeah. when he had that sand in his hand and uh-huh. uh and uh and Bell told him she's gone. Uh-huh. Going and he let that sand go, and I was like, "Man, that's why I think I should name because you, you're really keeping that sand as far as with the literature, um, and making sure we're getting books out there. Uh, we're getting all because you even got kids books. That's mm-hmm. the part. when I first did the research on the on the website, I didn't catch that part. I didn't scroll all the way down, and I saw the kids book. So you even mm-hmm. reaching out to the kids. That's why your 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 goal your goal is going to touch uh, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I spotlight. I make sure on the top of my page, I spotlight um, books that are written um, by us and that people should read and look into. And each month I have a newsletter that goes out and it's five books for each for young adults, um, children. I just added middle grade starting this um, this month and adult and these are all books that are written by five books that I selected that that are released out for during that month that are um that are a reflection of us whether they're nonfiction or fiction um and they're written by black authors so each month there's a um different selection of books I know that we're gonna we'll wrap it up in a second mm-hmm. this is a question that just popped in my head while I was uh, at work today, do you think that we can really do we can achieve liberation through reading? Lib- reading is the most is the most powerful thing, and why I say that is because reading is um it it expands it expands your mind. Reading is what um, it causes creativity, critical thinking. And it really, it lets you learn about another person from another perspective. So like, say for instance, if I didn't know anything about uh, a certain um, demographic or a certain experience, right? But you wrote a book about it. Based from reading that book that you wrote, I'm able to learn life through those characters in which that you created and that you wrote from. So reading and um, is one of the things. It's a to me, I say it's a great escape. It liberates your mind. It gets you to think. You learn about different perspectives, and you're able to see stuff from different learning experiences. You know how I live life, how you live life is totally different, but we can learn from different books about how each other experience certain things. You get what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am. I totally understand that. So, and that's, that's the most powerful, reading is the most powerful thing. Um, it, it's knowledgeable. So it's going to educate you. You're going to learn different perspectives. You're going to learn from different viewpoints. You know, you might not have seen, thought about something before, but it, once you read that book, it opens up that thought process and be like, you have that aha moment. Like I never would have thought about it from this perspective and just from reading this it really caused me to think or it can be a great escape where it has you it opens up your thoughts from imagination one of the one things that really triggered me with reading is reading rainbow 
this might be a, a oh, before my, oh, oh my goodness <laughs> so i have reading rainbow just in my head today i was like i'm gonna ask her if she watched reading rainbow i loved it i um i when i did an a, a interview um like a month or two ago and i told them i was like one of the one people that i would love to interview and talk with is Mr. LeVar Burton. I was like, I would love to interview and to talk to him. I said, I will have to talk to myself and not bust out in song and singing a theme song for Reading Rainbow. I said, you might have to pull out smelling salt because I probably passed out. But I, that's one of the things I love that that show because it really introduced kids to reading. And it always, and then I loved how he always in that show, you don't have to take my word for it. And then, you know, like basically read the book, enjoy it for yourself, get your own thoughts for him. You don't have to take my word about how that book is. That's just my interpretation. But yeah. You know, yeah. Out of all the people on TV, I can honestly say that's the one dude that's true and true. I follow him on Twitter. Mm -hmm. and I, I remember like when we first started like with the pandemic and everything and um and he start he used to have a podcast where he would read books uh -huh. and I was supposed to be like doing a report or reviewing something that my faculty was doing but I was busy instead of working on my report I was busy listening to Mr. Burton read a story was I, did I have a report or something that was, did have my priority to do? I did, but I was like, I'm going to sit here and listen to him read for the next two hours. And that's what I did. But, and it was, and I have no regrets sitting and listening to him read. But yeah, if you ever listen to one of him reading a book, I highly suggest it. So yeah. Nah, I would catch a, I would catch a little bit. <laughs> I was working from home. I was teleworking at that time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Didn't work and listen to it too. This mm -hmm. episode's on. But uh, closing out, what are some of the last words you want to list? Uh, let the listeners know about you. Um, about Kizzy's books more. Um, I just want to say that it is, um, it's a bookstore that promotes our culture and reading. Um, and if you ever need to a place to find a good book. Um, Casey's Books and More is that place for you to find that book. Um, if you need to know where our website is, it's www.kizzy's, K-I-Z-Z-Y-S, books, B-O-O-K-S, and more.com. And that's where you can check out our website. We have some amazing books on there. Um, and I'm just going to steal the words from Mr. Burton. You don't have to take my word for it. You can just go and check it out and see what we have. Um, also, I do have we do have a social media page. It's um, at Kizzy's Books and More, and that's both on Instagram and on um, Facebook. I've been posting you. Uh, every at least the past couple of weeks, I've been posting you. It's just yeah. I see. I saw you had the summer sale. Mm hmm. Yeah, it just ended. It ended yesterday, which was the fifth. Yeah, yesterday was the fifth. So it just ended yesterday. But yeah. So yeah, um, just be on the lookout. We have some, I have some great things coming up, especially for the bookstore. So just follow us on our social media pages. So that way you can be up to date on what it is that we're doing.
And y'all make sure y'all keep following Smoke Screen. I'm always gonna post this on anything that I see that you post. I'm gonna post this. One thing that I, I I've told everybody listening, Smoke Screen on. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like we should if we can sit and watch different TV shows, mm-hmm. we can read different books. Mm-hmm. Even why we can't. So mm-hmm. I, I really think y'all should check out Kids' Books and more. Um, and get you a lot of books. They even got. Mm-hmm. I was just looking. They just because I was just looking to see what I was gonna get. Um, and I, I saw you got the Kobe book, but I a wife got me that book. But those <laughs> of y'all who were asking for, you can get the Kobe book. You can get yeah, it. we have we have a lot of we have a lot of books. We have a lot of um great selections. So we have old books, and we don't sell used books, but we have books that haven't. Um, written previously, as long as they are still in publication and they can be purchased, we probably we probably still have them there, and we have up to date books as well. So it's constantly changing and it's updating as books are being released and and stuff. So yeah, well, I appreciate you one more time for agreeing to come on and doing this episode with me. Man, I, I really I can't wait to listen back. I'm it's, I'm supposed to release it on Monday. I might turn around and release it on Saturday. Just listen to it a little bit early on YouTube and on your kitchen on podcast apps. But I appreciate y'all for listening to Smoke Screen Podcast. It's another great episode. What you want to uh, end the episode with? What song you want to end the episode with? I don't know. I I cannot think of a song. So it's up to you. Um, I, at first I thought about the internet, but then I was like, no. Um, so you can choose the song. I got you. I got you. I I, I find some. I know. Know y'all will love it, and you'll love it when you hear it back. Man, that's another great episode of Smoke Screen Podcast. I appreciate y'all for rocking with us tonight, man. Today, y'all have a good rest of your week. Got my walking shoes on. I can't tell you where I'm going, but I'm walking down this lonely road. But at least the scenery is beautiful. And no matter what I do, I can't stop walking. No, I know it's the only way to go. And if I keep walking, I'ma be okay, yeah. It's not always about knowing why Sometimes it's all about knowing what And that's enough to keep you walking every day Yeah, I believe, I believe But it's a dream that I ain't seen yet Chasing a dream that I ain't dreamed yet But I'ma meet it halfway If I keep on walking, walking, walking If I keep on walking, up. Yeah, I know it when I see you walking, walking, walking When I see you walking, oh Always waiting for something good to find you But if it don't come, what are you gonna do? And that's why I'm walking, walking, walking Gotta keep on walking, oh Walking shoes, walking shoes, hey I tell you when you got a made up mind the winter feels like summertime uh. In the night you see the light of day Cause I've been blind for way too long And you can't take my light away Even though all my times are happy times I get unsure and hope for brighter days I never let it slow my pace So knowing failure ain't an option I've been promised and I'm on my way up Said I believe, I believe If I keep
walking, walking, walking When I see it walking on Always waiting for something good to find you Step three, step one, step two, step three. Walk your shoes. Thy words a light unto my path, a lamp unto my feet. These shoes, these shoes, these shoes, my shoes. Walk your shoes, walk your shoes. Walk into what's promised. Walk into what's better land. Said I believe, I believe But it's a dream that I ain't seen yet Chasing a dream that I ain't dreamed yet But I'ma meet it halfway If I keep on walking, walking, walking If I keep on walking up Yeah, I know it when I see it walking, walking, walking When I see it walking on 